Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you weekday mornings at 10am UK time. I'm joined this morning by Umar. How do you make you good, Joel? Yeah, I'm good, TC. I'm loving the shirt. Is, is, it, is it the one that used to be sent back? Or is it the... It's not, no. I actually, you know, it's actually frustrating because when they released the shirt, uh, a friend of mine was at the uh, was at the ground that day. So I was like, oh, could you pick me one up? Like, because I was seeing him soon. I didn't realize that it, they weren't selling the authentic ones okay. on the release. And obviously, it got it's now been printed and so I got Zinchenko on the back. And like, it's now, yeah, I was a bit like, that's a bit annoying. But from the sounds of things, it's lucky I didn't buy an authentic shirt because they've been returned. Uh, it's been reported 32 uh, wins and draw uh, indications on there. Not good. Uh, and Adidas have apologized apparently for that mistake. So, yeah, frustrating, but uh, at least I suppose I've not got to go through that whole process of uh, mm-hmm. trying to get a new shirt. Um, are you going to get it? Have you got the new shirt yet? Or Not yet. You know, like I was on holiday and you know that Black Away kit mm. last season. I had so many people asking me, and they're not even football fans. They're like, mm. where did you get what's that shirt? Like, where did you get that shirt from? It's really nice. And I mm. asked them, it's like Arsenal's Away kit. And they're like, Arsenal? What's Arsenal? So no. not, not, not even football fans. I'll turn it around and saying what a lovely shirt it is. So, yeah, I think after last season... I don't know how I feel about that, though. I feel like I, feel like I should know. Valid <laughs> point, but I had a couple of people asking me, like the jersey collectors, and I think there was one guy in Toronto, and he basically said how much for the shirt. I said I'm not going to mm. sell it, to be fair. But, yeah, it's a beautiful away kit. You know what? Usually I get away kits rather than home kits. Like, it's oh, weird. really? Yeah, I just I think I just like, um, like the colours of it. But I think this season, if I'm going to get a kit, it's probably going to be the home because judging by the away kit that is going to come out, it's, it's not a good look. Have you seen the, the new black training kit that's come out? That's wicked. The goalkeeper kit, goalkeeping kit is good as well. Yeah, but there's a new the new black kit. It's like, um, it's got uh, like uh, blue and yellow details on it. I don't know if okay, no, I need to see that. I need to yeah, see that. Yeah, if you go on the Arsenal website direct, it's like it's like there. But I will be getting that today. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, good morning to everyone. I know that we've uh, vamped for two minutes. <laughs> we've not even touched upon Declan Rice yet. Don't worry, we're going to do that. Um, but thank you everybody so much, everybody that's joining us in the chat box as always, uh, helping us on our way to 80k. Uh, we're closing in less than 2,000 subs away. So do make sure if you're not subbed already, to make sure you click that subscribe button. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's kind of get the Declan Rice situation going. So, uh, I've done a report this morning, uh, chasing up some lines on Declan Rice to my understanding, uh, as of this morning, early hours of this morning, Man City have not yet bid, uh, oh. for Declan Rice. So there were suggestions we saw online last night that City were close, um, but unless that's an informal discussion, no bid has yet been made. That could change, obviously, later on this morning. It could change in the next few moments. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but also with Arsenal, a third bid from us is also expected. That didn't go in yesterday. Sky Sports, I think, reported that two bids were expected yesterday. That didn't happen. Uh, there were also reports that Manchester United had made a player plus cash bid uh, that included Alanga and McTominay, I think, in it. I mean... If you want West Ham, feel free. But <laughs> I don't know what I'd be going for. Um, so where are you kind of at with this? Because I saw you tweet last night saying if we miss out oh, on this no. one, it's like chaotic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a disaster. Like, it, it would be a disaster. And people turning around and saying to me, 
it's not really a bad thing. There's there's other options in the market, such as Caicedo, potentially Barella. But no, this is Mikel Arteta's number one choice. The fact that we've done groundwork for this deal for over six months, seven months, and say, for example, Manchester City have come in within 24 hours, and if they do get this deal over the line, they basically pulled our pants down. Like... Honestly, honestly speaking, like it's the same situation with the title race. We were leading for so long and they've come in the final hurdle and stages and they've won the league. But for example, for that situation, you can accept it because that's basically a different kind of situation. But in terms of this like transfer alone, this would be a huge, huge blow. And I think Mikel Arteta, if this deal doesn't get over the line, he'll, he'll start asking himself questions like, is this the right club for me? Like, we spoke about this at the start of the window, TC. Like, this is a big window for the ownership, for Edu, for the Cronkays, etc. They need to start backing Mikel Arteta now and getting him his priority targets. And Declan Rice is his priority target. It seems that all the articles last night that have come about in the media have said that Mikel Arteta has spoken to Declan Rice, has basically told him that um, you're my number one priority uh, player mm -hmm. for this position. Um, you're a potential future captain for this football club. You could win Arsenal the first league title since 2000. I want you to be behind the wheel that I'm basically driving, the mm. car driving. And if the if 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 Manchester City, say for example, come in for him, put down the money, and Declan Rice decides to go there, what do we do next? And I've heard options such as Moses Caicedo, etc. But he's not our priority target. Yes, mm -hmm. he's a backup. But Brighton are asking for what upwards of 100, 120 million pounds. Mm. Chelsea haven't even made a move in, in that deal. They've agreed personal terms. Yeah. But I think there's something to be said about the fact that the, the, the whole June um, timeline for them, like, they, I think they'll move for Caicedo at the start of July. I think that's when you'll see bids start going in. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's one of those things like Declan Rice for me is, he's a game changer of a signing. Like he's the kind of signing that basically bridges the gap between us and Manchester City. If Declan Rice goes to Manchester City, what is the point of, 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 of basically challenging Manchester City next season? Because it, it's not going to happen. It's going to be difficult to challenge them. It's going to basically be like the Bundesliga when Bayern Munich take all the best players and they win the league every single season and Borussia Dortmund don't even really challenge them. I know they challenge them this season, but apart from that, what happened? They win every single year. But yeah, Declan Rice, we have to get this over the line. And I know a lot of criticism has been labelled towards Edu, like Edu, why you're not firing up the barbecue, etc. Like stuff like that I've seen on Twitter, social media. I agree, maybe he is at fault for, for certain situations, but I'm not going to put all mm. the blame on him, to be honest, because there's Tim Lewis in this, there's Richard Garlic in this, and these are the basically the middlemen that basically the Kronke say to them, look, this is the amount of money we have. We're not going to give any more. We're not privy to the finances that Arsenal have at the moment. We know that Arsenal have got money to spend, but Arsenal don't have money to spend like West Ham. Here you go, here's £100 million. You, you have £100 million this summer. Arsenal don't work at that. We still have to pay off Nicolas Pepe deal, £72 million. We still have other deals that we have, we have to pay off. So we're not in a position to basically say to West Ham United, look, we'll give you £70 million right now. We'll give you the other £30 million next summer or within a few years' time. We just don't have that capabilities. And West Ham, it seems that 
they're not accepting of Arsenal's um, clauses in this deal. Say, for example, if Arsenal win the Premier League title or Champions League title, which is fair enough. If Manchester City come in with that, it's more realistic because mm. they've done it. They've proven in the past. But for me, the only reason, the only hope that I have with this deal is Declan Rice's preference and the fact that he's spoken to Mikel Arteta. Mm. Like Mikel Arteta has done the groundwork. He's basically probably told him, this is your position. I want you to be at this football club and I want you to take us to the promised land. And Declan Rice is probably thinking, I can make myself a hero at this football club. Mm. Like, a lot of people keep saying, like I've, I've seen pundits, ex-professionals, it's an easy choice between Manchester City and Arsenal. Where would you rather go? Treble winners or, or Arsenal who have not won nothing last season? Yeah, on paper, you make it sound easy, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work like that. Yeah, Declan Rice looks like a footballer that wants to do big things at a club which has not done it, like a sleeping giant of a club, you could say. If he's going to go to Manchester City, he's going to have trophies. But is he going to be the big player that wins them those trophies, that gets them over the line, in a way? You look at what he done with West Ham United in the Europa Conference League final, he's going to be remembered in history. He's going to be remembered in history for what he done with that football club, even after he leaves. Imagine if he comes to Arsenal and helps us win our first Premier League title since 04 helps us win the Champions League. He's going to go down in history for this football club. But he'll go down in history even before that if he decides to reject Manchester City and join Arsenal. So I'm hoping Mikel Arteta has done enough. Um, I'm just worried about Pep Guardiola because if Pep Guardiola gets on the blower and he speaks to you, it is worrying because who wouldn't want to play under Pep Guardiola? But I'm hoping and I've got my fingers crossed that we, we may have done enough. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mm, yeah, uh, I really, really think that um, with the Rice deal, that for me on the Edu side of things, you know, Edu gets a lot of stick and stuff, as you point out. But like, this, this is for me all on the all, on the owner side of it things. Is, with Rice. Yeah, because for me, Edu, the bids that we're putting in, like if if we just if we didn't if if Rice was a problem for Arsenal, hmm. we would just not be bidding. You know, if we didn't think we can get the guy and Ed, Edu didn't be putting in bids, we just, you know, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing these bids. If, and Edu is working within the what is allocated to the club for this transfer. People will say, well, we bought Kai Havertz and we're buying Timber. Why, why can't you just give up one of them and go for... No, like Arteta is the full tip of the spear in terms of the list of positions he wants and the players that he wants. It's not a simple case of sacrificing one player for another because we can't leave ourselves short. You know, last season, we spent a hell of a lot of money. Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus coming in in January, Trossard, Kivior, Jorginho coming in. We spent more money in a season than we've ever spent, right? And we spent it on a lot of players. And we bought, we spent big money on Jesus. And we bought Zinchenko in for 30 million quid. Fabio Vieira, 34 million pounds. But you know what we didn't do in that window? All the January window, we didn't buy a competitive option to William Saliba. And you know what cost us in the end? Mm. It's William Saliba's injury. And what I don't want to happen is at the end of this summer window to be sitting there and going, we haven't got enough midfielders again. 
We haven't got enough defenders again. We haven't got enough forwards again. And my goodness, do we need that Gabriel Jesus competitor, which I think Kai Havertz can potentially be. Yes, I think he'll play in other positions, but I think that he will absolutely bring something to the forward line and he gives us depth there. So does Trossard. And we can't be sacrificing another player to say to get into in Rice because the bottom line is, is we should be doing everything we can financially to get Rice. Like it's not, we shouldn't have, be having to sacrifice a target to go and get Rice. So when people say, how can you spend the money on Havertz and yet, you know, you you can't go in the big money on, on, on Rice. It's because of what the club are supposedly valuing Rice at, that they're not willing to go beyond a certain figure. They should be. They should be willing to go and get, for me, this deal beyond all others. I'm not saying we have to do it for every single target, but for your main number one target, you have to go and spend the money to get it done. You know, and I don't think we're wildly far off what West Ham are, to be honest, asking for. It's not like we're 40 million apart, you know, in terms of what they're asking for. I remember the Lissandro Martinez deal. I think we bid something like 30 million and 35. And he ended up going for like 60, 70 odd million to Man United. It's not like we're way off the valuation of the player. And so we pulled out. I think the Rafinha deal was something similar as well. I think Chelsea put in like a 60 plus million pound bid. Our highest bid was closer to 40. You know, we're not in that realm. We're getting close to what West Ham want. And if we don't get that deal done, I won't have the same defense as I would have had for the Lissandro Martinez and the Rafinha side of things where they just wanted to go elsewhere because Rice wants Arsenal as a preference and that's the advantage that we have and if we don't take advantage of that you know we're going to look really really silly what do you make of the arguments and I've seen um, some people like uh, challenging it in the chat let me find the comment Uh, Robert says Edu is a problem can't negotiate the owners are the ones with the purse strings though the can't negotiate thing do you buy into that at all? You know, it's difficult because I'm not there, so I can't really judge. Mm. Like, it's easy to put the blame on Edu and say he can't negotiate, but it all stems from the amount of money that he has this summer to play with. Uh, it keeps that's what I keep thinking about. Yeah, he's got issues that I think he needs to solve um, at a higher level, but I think this still, specifically regards to Deck and Rice, I think we've been a bit overconfident with it in terms of the boardroom. I think they've done the groundwork six months ago and they probably have spoken to Declan Rice and they probably thought to themselves, yeah, we've we've got we, we put ourselves in a good position and we don't think any other club is going to come in for Rice this summer. I think that's where where they've basically gone. Well, if they thought that they're naive. That's what I generally think. I think that they've probably thought to themselves, look, there's other clubs in the Premier League that Chelsea, etc. I think we're, we're probably in a better position and I, I think we can get this still over the line. I think they'd be naive with this. And I think West Ham have played the perfect game. Sullivan, etc. Brady. And a lot of criticism has been labelled towards West Ham. But it's their prized asset. It's their captain. They, mm. they, want, they want to get the most money that they can for, for Declan Rice. And they wanted the bidding war and it seems they may have got one. But when, I, when people keep speaking about Adu, I look at Tim Lewis, we we brought him in. What? How long ago was it in? Like a couple of seasons now, wasn't it? Yeah, he's been here a few years now. To be fair, it's three or four years. He's Cronkay's middleman. Like he's, well, he's now the deputy co-chairman of the club yeah, now. Exactly, yeah. and so basically, un- underneath the Cronkays, Josh and Stan, this is the next guy in line, yeah. essentially. So I think the Cronkays basically tell him. Obviously, he feeds back to them. Like this is the deal we're going for, etc. This is what we're pursuing. The Cronkays, they're the ones who are the owners of this football club. They are basically approvals in terms of this is the amount of money that um, we're going to give you. 
you have to basically get the best deal out of this money. You don't think if the Cronkies gave Eddie 200 million pounds, 300 million pounds, and basically said to him, look, get this deal over the line, it would be easy. Mm. Like, it, when you think about it technically, it, like, Edu would probably get this deal over the line. He'll slap the 100 million pounds or however much it was on yeah. the table and yeah. he'll say to West Ham, look, this is the money. Declan Rice is coming to uh, the mm. Emirates. But the football and the finances of Arsenal right now, they just don't work like that. I touch back on Nicolas Pepe. We're still paying that off. That was a mistake. There's other deals that we've basically made mistakes on and we're paying those off. Arsenal's finances have not been in order for the past few seasons because we've not been in Champions League football. We mm. finished eight for a number of years. Uh, we've not been a success. And that has basically had a big impact in terms of revenue, in terms of profit. So you can't just say Edu's a bad negotiator. Okay, yeah, maybe he does not get the best deals for our players in terms of outgoings. Maybe he doesn't yeah. get players. I would agree with that, yeah. So that's fair enough. I can hold my hands up. But for this specific deal... I think I just go back to Tim Lewis. I go back to the Cronkies. I think they basically said to Tim Lewis, this is the amount of money we're going to give you. And you have to basically get the best deal out of it. And if Edu, like, he, he can't work his magic on, maybe he can do a bit of negotiating here and there. Obviously, we've got players such as Eddie Nketiah, potentially Balogun, that maybe we could use potentially in this deal but mm. the last time I, I can't remember the last time you teams, got convinced them to go as well yeah, you know like, that's number yeah. one is look at the issue with Calvin Phillips like it seems that he doesn't want to go Manchester City were trying to push him out of the door but he's basically said to Guardiola I don't want to go anywhere I want to stay at Manchester City but mm. you rarely see um player swaps happening these days it's not like the Ashley Cole and and those deals back in the day Gallas like these deals just don't happen but yeah, I understand the criticism with Edu, but I think it's going a bit overboard because, again, I think the Cronkers have basically said, this is the amount of money we have. You have to get the best deal over the line. Well, that, that's the only explanation I've got in regards exactly. to why Arsenal haven't paid the, or gone to the £100 million figure, especially with how involved Man City are. Yeah. If, if they are aware of what West Ham want, the fact that they have not yet met that asking price, if they know what it is, it can only be because the club aren't willing to go to that level of money. And it's nothing to do. You could be the best negotiator in the world. It's difficult. If you haven't got the resources being given to you to get the deal done at the level that the club you're talking to want, I, how can I point the finger yeah. at Edu? You know, he's not he's not a wizard. He's not going to have magic. He's not going to be like, you know, he's not a Jedi. He can't go, you will accept yeah. 90 million. Like, you, it's, it doesn't work that way. If he's not being allocated those funds... I, I can't point the finger and I have to then look toward the ownership yeah. as those people saying, we're going to allow you to spend this amount of money on, on this specific player and that's it. But I don't know why they would do that. And I don't mm. know why they would restrict us somewhat in that sense, in the figures that we're talking about. If we're willing to go to 90, I don't, and I'm not there. So I can't, yeah, you know, I difficult. can't formulate a, a, an opinion backed up by genuine knowledge of what's going on inside the club at that level you know we get some things coming out at certain levels but at the ownership level we don't know you know the allocation of funds if man city and this is where i'm kind of like until this whole thing finishes we won't be able to have the full discussion on it because if man city accept 
I'll get a £90 million deal done, let's say, which is the same figure that we bid, but our structure was different. If Man City secure a £90 million deal where they've got it in two installments with add-ons that are achievable from a Man City perspective, I'm then going to be looking at Edu. That's when I can look at Edu because mm. Man City would have agreed the same figure that we put forward. They just structured that's what the, it. That's what that bid was being touted, I think, yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, oh. the 75 plus 15 with two installments and realistic add-ons was what mm. supposedly it was. Now, if West Ham accepted that bid then i can look at both their do and the club as well and be like why did you not like why are you not just you know looking at it in that sense because that's i can't you know the, the the sales thing that's when i look at edu and go you should have got more money for Mavropanos. Yeah, yeah. you should have got more money for genduzi most likely you mm. should have got more money for i mean how, how else have we let go of you know kalasinach and mustafi we bought out and stuff like that you know get at least just a million quid for the <laughs> players you know yeah. seven to pay them off so uh, you have to i think there are some question marks around there yes there's Deadwood. Yes, there's players that no one wants in which I have sympathy for. And I think we'll have the same thing with Cedric and Pepe this summer. Runison as well. You know, we can't give this guy away for a million euros in the looks of things because we've paid him too much money. But like, we, we have to be better with sales. If Thomas Partey goes for under 20 million quid, I will cry. Yeah, that's, that's no, the thing. Like... That's, that's the thing I don't understand. Like, okay, fair enough. He doesn't want to go to Saudi Arabia. Keep him then. Keep him. Yeah. If 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 it, if it's like worth taking, Juventus are not going to pay huge money. You know how Serie A clubs work; they just don't mm. pay the money for uh, players. They try to dilly dally and they try to get the best uh, deal that they can. And if they're offering what eighteen million euros or something, there is no point. There is no point because number one, you don't get the money that I think Partey's worth. Like and number two. You get rid of a player that I still that I still think can offer something for this football club. I still think he's a very good player on his day. Obviously, it's just the injuries and the unreliability that he has in his game. But apart from that, he's still a solid addition, and I, I would happily keep him at Arsenal. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. That's that's where the criticism would go towards Edu. I'd say. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um... We've got a couple of minutes so we can tackle some more of your stuff in the car. Ibrahim says, why are Arsenal so slow? Oh, we've got it. It's the, if you were playing your bingo, your Arsenal show bingo, you can cross the Arsenal being slow. It's, we are, we're just over a week into the window. We've had two bids rejected for Rice. We've agreed a deal for Kai Havertz. We've bid once for Timber. You know, we've had talks with Southampton for Lavia. We made an offer for Gundogan already, which obviously has been knocked back. Arsenal are being slow. But do you think like, say for example, if worst comes to worst, we don't get Declan Rice. Mm. You think Mikel Arteta is going to start thinking about his future? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not yeah. going to obviously outright and come out and say, like in the first press conference of the Premier League weekend and they ask him about Declan Rice, you know he's going to give the mm. media response how he does. Mm. But in the yeah. back of his mind, he's going to be fuming, TC. Yeah, like the, the only reprieve I ever gave Unai Emery was that he didn't get Zaha and he didn't get, I think it was Steven and Zonzi was the other player yeah. he wanted. So he wasn't able to necessarily work with the players that he wanted. However, and there's, I, I, there's, a lots of, there's a lot of problems with Unai Emery as to why it didn't work out way beyond transfers. We still spent a lot of money and brought some good players in. But like with Arteta, he's overachieved in his last two seasons for me. You know, people didn't think we'd get into the top four um, in in 2021-22 and we so nearly did we came closer than anyone thought we would do and last season no one had us pegged for being title challengers 
And yet that's what we did. And you can't keep expecting the guy to overachieve with a group of players. Eventually, you've got to get to a point where you give him the resources and the players to, you know, not only overachieve potentially, but if he does achieve what we set out to achieve, it's like it's a really strong delivery of silverware. And you have to be able to back the guy to do that. So, yeah, if he's not being backed, if he misses out on play, if he says, I want Mudrick and we don't get him, and he says, I want Kaiseido and we don't get him, and he says, I want X player, Y player, Rice, you know, and doesn't get them. And Man City come calling when Pep Guardiola leaves. Well, Arteta knows for a fact that if he goes to Man City, he's going to be able to deliver everything he's always wanted from being a manager. So I could never begrudge Arteta for going to Man City, ever, because he knows he's going to get what he wants delivered. He's going to be able to see out his vision for what he looks at as football. But at the moment, Arsenal have limited, to a degree, his vision of what he thinks Arsenal can be because they've not got the players that he necessarily wants. We can have a separate discussion about whether or not they were realistic or what the reasons behind that were. But for Rice, Rice is a realistic priority target for Arsenal this summer. He is. Like, he's a viable addition. Like, you look at Mm. in and around Europe, and I've seen people in the comments say 100 million for Rice or 70, 80 million pounds for someone like Frankie De Jong. Rice wants to come to Arsenal. He is Mikel Arteta's priority. It's different saying throwing these additions like Frankie De Jong, Barella, Caicedo, etc. If they're not Mikel Arteta's number one choice, what is the point? We've done it before and it's worked. Fair enough. I hold my hands up. We've had priority targets. Those deals haven't materialised and we've got good backup options. But I think Declan Rice is a game changer. I think it's a statement signing. Like if we can, If we can show teams in and around Europe, look, there's a player that everyone wants the Bayern Munichs of this world, the Manchester United, the Manchester Cities of this world, and Arsenal have beaten every single one of those teams to get this player over the line. Mm. It shows we are truly back. It shows we are back in the big time, and it shows that we are now capable of getting big players to our football club. If we don't, and the roles are reversed, and we don't get this deal over the line, people are still going to label us as a laughing stock, which is fair enough. And who would begrudge them? Because we've done so much groundwork for six, seven months. And at the end of it, imagine if Declan Rice doesn't come. That All that hard work has just been undone over 24 hours. And Manchester City have come calling and they've basically got Declan Rice from, from us. So, yeah, Declan Rice is a priority. He's Mikulata, who Mikel Arteta wants. We have to do everything in our power to get him over the line. I'm not saying, and I'm not sitting here saying we have to go overboard and start paying 120 million pounds, 130 million pounds. West Ham do not want that. West Ham just want 100 million pounds and they want it structured in the way that best fits them, to be honest. So, but it's interesting as well that Manchester City haven't really tabled the bid yet. I'm still mm. waiting. That it probably happened, like in. Well, Patricia says I don't understand why the deal wasn't done already. The deal wasn't done because West Ham have had no intention in allowing this to get done early. You know, um, the process of they have, their valuation was 120 million pounds. We're led yeah. to believe that was their valuation, and if Arsenal went in at 100 million as their opening bid, we'd be talking in realms of 120 million. Arsenal have basically done the work for Man City early on by getting that valuation down to around 100 million pounds. That's that's what we that's what Arsenal have done is that they've done the graft and they've done the negotiations by going in low and getting the valuation. That's why Man City's expected bid is around 90 million pounds. You know, if we were talking about Arsenal going in at 100 million with their opening offer and thinking, you know, well they want 100 million. Let's just 100 million get it done. 
West Ham are going to reject say. it. That's what <laughs> people say. There's no need to, to accept it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's what people say on like social media. Oh, why haven't Arsenal, like, when, when the deal came about, why haven't Arsenal just slapped £100 million on the table? And I said to just people, it. <laughs> but I said to people, like, when you want to buy a house and you know the valuation mm. of a house, you don't go to the estate agent and say, look, here is this amount of money, £400,000. The house is worth, mm. worth £400,000. You negotiate. Arsenal have not done done the wrong thing in this regard. It's just the fact that Manchester City have come out of nowhere. Which, to be honest, I didn't expect it, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Like the the house analogy is perfect because if you throw your house up in the market, right? Yeah. You know, you you might have been doing your research for a few months looking at the house or whatever, like we've done our due diligence with Rice or whatever. But Mm. if you throw your house up in the market 400 grand and someone comes in within a week and offers 400 grand, I'm going to be turning to the missus (laughs) and being like, I think we might have put it up too low, you know? Yeah, I, you yeah, know? Exactly. And so we can reject that and then just wait or we can just hold off at, you know, accepting the bid and wait out for a little bit and all of that stuff, you know? That's why you don't go in with that 100 million straight away. You know, you go in under, it's the oldest trick in the book of negotiations and you work your way up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward um, to hopefully this saga coming to an end at some stage. And as soon as it does, you can be sure that we'll be dro- jumping on to, to talk about it and discuss it. So... Thank you, everybody that's tuned in and listened. Very much appreciate your time, Umar. Thank you for yours, mate, as always. Yeah, much appreciated, man. I just want this still to get done either way, mm. to be honest. It's just stress. You know when you have Ornstein's notifications on Twitter, it just pops up. <laughs> I'm about 50 million people on notifications <laughs> right now. You know, I've built up a collection. I've collected them like stamps, you know, just like <laughs> people with notifications. It's crazy, bro. I was worried. Before. I was worried that there might be news like 8 a.m. You know when you just chucks a tweet out? Yeah, yeah, it's happened to me a million times now. So uh, (laughs) as soon as we do a show, it's uh, something drops. So I'm expecting something to drop at uh, 11. You just wait and see. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Do drop a like on the video. I'll be back, of course, next week on Monday with another Arsenal Agenda show for you at 10 a.m. Have a fantastic week uh, and weekend. And I've been saying this on all platforms that I've been on. If you're too stressed about this, if you're getting too angry, take yourself away from things. You know, really just have a bit of a break, clear your head, go and have a walk or something, or go see some friends or play a different sport. Golf, I recommend it. Um, But uh, yeah, you just get your head out of the sand for some of it because it's it's certainly worth it. Enjoy yourselves. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.